Welcome to the Diabetes Canada Healthcare Huddle, a podcast that invites healthcare professionals to listen in on the discussion as we explore a diabetes-related topic. Each episode, we will present a case study, then have a conversation with an expert about the clinical challenge. Finally, we will revisit the case and see how we can apply our new knowledge and tools. This podcast is brought to you by Walmart Canada. My name is Dr. Sarah Stafford. I'm an endocrinologist in Surrey, BC, and I'm joined by my colleague, Gail McNeil, who's a diabetes educator and clinical nurse specialist from Toronto. So today we are joined by Dr. Diana Sherafali, who is associate faculty in the School of Nursing at McMaster University. She is the inaugural Heather M. Arthur Population Health Research Institute Hamilton Health Sciences Chair in Interprofessional Health Research. She is the lead of the McMaster Evidence Review and Synthesis Team, which has led multiple evidence reviews that help shape clinical practice and policy for Diabetes Canada, Canadian Obesity Network, and the Canadian Task Force on Preventative Healthcare. Dr. Sharafali's research interests include the implementation and evaluation of strategies to support diabetes self-management at the patient, provider, and population level, including diabetes health coaching. Welcome, Dr. Sharafali. Thank you. So this is a really hot topic nowadays. We see a lot of conversation about health coaching, as well as coaching in careers and other domains of life. And I think this is certainly an area that we can hopefully incorporate in how we help support and care for patients with diabetes. Um, I know, Gail, this is probably a topic that comes up quite a lot in your conversations as a diabetes educator. Have you ever wondered if there might be a role for health coaching with your patients? Oh, for sure, Sarah and Diana. It's so great to see you. Uh, health coaching to me has been coming uh, so important to, I think, to so many of our patients because as a diabetes educator, I often feel like we want to give a, a little bit more. And I know we collaborate in our offices with our patients, but when they leave, we don't know what's happening. And there's one particular patient I have, I remember Anna, she's 58 years old and she had type 2 diabetes for 12 years and she had mobility issues. And she started insulin about four years ago, but when she came into the office, she had a lot of hyperglycemia. So we changed her insulin program and she could do the injections and that kind of thing. Things were just fine. And we called her once, I think, you know, in, in the next follow-up for three months. And when she came back to us in three months, her blood sugars were still higher. And she said, well, she got a little confused as to how to be actually doing the injections and the adjustment. And I really felt that we had failed Anna, that she should have had some more support and follow-up over the time. She was so enthusiastic for her care, but we were just not there to support her. And I hope that, is that health coaching, Diana? Would that help in this situation or what? How do you see this? Right. Well, thanks so much for having me and, and giving me the opportunity to talk about health coaching. Um, it's a great question um, that you pose, Gail. And I think to some extent, many educators probably do already practice some degree or element of health coaching. But in a very sort of high level way to think about it, health coaching, the way I've often communicated and written about this, is that it's a care translator. So we have guidelines, we have evidence-based strategies, interventions, practices that then need to be tailored and customized to individuals. And what I mean by individuals, it's not just the patient sitting in front of you, it's 
Anna, but also the complexity of Anna. You know, she's 58 years old. She has mobility issues. There may be other um, economic challenges. Uh, there may be living arrangement challenges. Um, how does she access food, prepare food? So within the context of Anna and her broader life and circumstance, how do we then translate best practices of diabetes and guidelines and keeping her healthy and safe into her world? So health coaching is certainly a self-management strategy. And I would argue that it falls under the umbrella of more support and not so much the sort of structured education. Um, what health coaching is not it's not about being the expert in the relationship. It's not about prescribing, telling. Um, the relationship, quite frankly, is more um, thought-provoking, um, a lot of open-ended questions. Uh, oftentimes, health coaches are very proficient in motivational interviewing, um, active listening, purposeful sort of radical listening, um, and just asking a lot of questions to uncover how might something work in that person's context? It's really about translating best practice into someone else's context. And I think, you know, it's, it's very easy to, um, you know, try to think that we're doing the best and changing this and changing that, but it really needs to be analogous or synonymous or in line with what the person wants. Um, and oftentimes we forget that when we think about best evidence, it's really best evidence within the context of patient-centered care. That's great. I think that's a really excellent lead into what is the role of health coaching. And I might wonder, why do you think health coaching is particularly important for people with diabetes? Mm, great question. So, um, Maybe I'll start with sort of my own kind of journey as a diabetes educator. You know, before I even had the language or the understanding of self-management education, I just, you know, over the many years of, and I'm sure Gail will recall this from her own practice, you know, you always had those patients that you were a little bit concerned about or were wondering how they were doing. And I, I would keep a list of patients that I might call once in a while just to check up on them. And it truly was just a call to say, how are you doing? That was, that was the basis of the conversation. It had nothing to do with their diabetes, nothing to do with, um, you know, uh, how much insulin are they taking that day? Did they adjust their insulin? And through that, we, we built this um, transparent, trusting relationship where there was accountability without judgment. And I think that's the cornerstone of any health coaching approach. So over the years, I've had my own sort of personal journey. I know Gail has been on this sort of reflection and journey, and I'm sure many um, healthcare providers that are listening to this have often wondered, you know, there's something here about supporting people and meeting people where they're at. It sounds cliche, but it's really about understanding where are you at and how do we merge health evidence or um, evidence-based practice goals with what their goals are. So in, in, I guess, in the bigger context, you know, over the last 10, 15, 20 years, we've seen this massive pendulum swing to this concept of self-management. And unfortunately, you know, people can't just come into a class you know, sit through a three-hour class and expect to learn everything and anything and then pull out those skills, tools, knowledge when the time comes when they're faced with a challenge. 
Adults are adults. We're adult learners. We face a problem and we start to say, well, hmm, have I ever encountered this problem before? How did I fix it? How did I manage it? And if I didn't, what do I need to do? And so, you know, there's YouTube, there's resources, there's Diabetes Canada. So people are creative in terms of how they find solutions. Well, health coaching is one of those solutions. But rather than telling, it's guiding, it's it's a thought-provoking journey on really ensuring that people have the resources within themselves to make these pivotal changes uh, that they can sustain. So Diana, you talked a lot about some wonderful examples of the role of health coaching. What are some things that health coaching does not do? Right. So health coaches um, do not necessarily provide education in that moment. They might, but that education might be what I what I like to call just-in-time uh, you know, in the automobile industry, in a lot of manufacturing industry, they call it just-in-time inventory. They have enough parts and pieces and in inventory to make the product at that point in time. So think of it as just-in-time education. You give them enough education or insight to let them start to think about problem solving. So health coaches are not necessarily there to educate They're not an authoritative role. They're not the quote unquote, the expert in that scenario. Um, They don't seek to solve problems for people. They help people unpack their problems. And I think probably the biggest thing that I I think a lot of, um, you know, healthcare healthcare professionals that that are thinking about this in their own practice is it's really about the client or the patient setting the agenda, which is a little bit frightening because we're all limited on time. We worry about people sort of getting quote unquote off topic, but quite frankly, when they get off topic, that is a massive signal as to what is important to them. And oftentimes it's not just about the diabetes. That's perfect. Thanks so much for explaining, you know, where we can take advantage of these tools of health coaching and, and where, you know, another support uh, might be more appropriate. Is there evidence to support the role of health coaching both, you know, more broadly and also within the realm of diabetes? Mm-hmm. So uh, I've, I've had the good fortune of working with some uh, colleagues over the years where we've had um, opportunities to explore health coaching as an intervention. So we tested this in a large randomized control trial in the community with a bunch of uh, adults living with type 2 diabetes. And what we found that after one year of access to health coaching, their A1C or their their glucose average dropped by 0.5%, which is on par with some, you know, uh, kind of beginning doses of medications. But the flip side to that was the benefit didn't just stop at glucose control. Uh, People reported that their quality of life, um, diabetes-specific quality of life had improved, particularly around confidence um, and their well-being uh, with respect to physical uh, activity. Um, So I think a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, behavior change and engaging in some of those small habits of walking and goal attainment. The other area that that uh, when we broke down the quality of life uh, scale, it was around relationships. So their own relationships with their family, their friends, perhaps even how they conceptualize how they live with diabetes. Um, you know, oftentimes we hear patients talk about the grind or the distress and the day to day 
burden of living with diabetes, you know, I think to some degree, health coaching helps support people kind of understand how to truly live with diabetes, how to fit that into the bigger context of their life and what they're living with. That's great. So I think we really have some evidence here to support integrating health coaching more into how we care for people with diabetes. Um, what are other directions you've looked for in finding this evidence? Mm-hmm. So we have had um, some recent systematic reviews and meta-analyses. So just very briefly, uh, there's a, a surveillance of the literature. We've we've uh, retrieved all the relevant literature. We were able to pool some of the treatment effects of health coaching. And through various systematic reviews and meta-analyses, we we have come to understand that indeed diabetes uh, health coaching can improve glucose levels, typically a drop of 0.3 to 0.5% in glycemic control. Um, More recently, my my team and I led another updated systematic review and meta-analysis that we've just submitted for publication where we've thought, hmm, does, is there any impact beyond just glucose and quality of life? So certainly we've looked at other cardiometabolic um, measures. And what we found is we've noticed statistically significant improvements with access to health coaching uh, in blood pressure, systolic blood pressure. So I think, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. That seems to be a potential for that um, you know, type of a, an approach when it comes to more than just glycemic control, medication adherence, maybe some other offshoots to uh, blood pressure uh, and maybe weight, uh, steps, activity levels. But I think we need more evidence around that. And then um, even when people are designing health coaching interventions and studies for diabetes, you know, if I if I may, I think we just need to encourage more people to go beyond just glucose control and really look at it from a patient-centered approach. What else is out there and what's important to them? If I may, Sarah, I'd like to give an example of, you know, how health coaching supported um, an individual in, in the most um, uh, amazing and probably rewarding way. Um, so when we ran our community-based trial in Cambridge, uh, we had a woman who had longstanding diabetes. Uh, she was on insulin throughout the day. Um, and she, it, it, in a general way, I would argue, was in pretty good you know, uh, shape in terms of her diabetes management. She had signed up to do the study just to fine tune some of her uh, health behaviors, et cetera. And at one point early on in the study, she came to us and said that she probably should withdraw from the study Um, And without going into too many details, she had to withdraw from the study because I think her partner was diagnosed with cancer. And she was quite concerned about uh, the impact of the cancer diagnosis on her diabetes and would she be able to manage her diabetes. And what was interesting as a team, as a research team, we thought, you know, we'd like to still be able to offer her the intervention of health coaching uh, throughout this, this journey that she was on with her loved one. And uh, she took us up on the offer. And in hindsight, she said it was probably the best thing she could have had was someone in her corner to support her, someone in her corner to facilitate her own self-care, ask her questions about, is she eating regularly? Is she safe? Um, Because, you know, she she was going into support mode, caregiver mode mode for her loved one, uh, but the health coach was there to just ensure that she was looking after herself and just regular checkups. I think, you know, we we would all benefit from a phone call 
friend, a family, health coach, just checking in once a week or once a month to even say, how are you doing with things? Can you imagine what, what life would look like if someone just called you and, and asked you a very open-ended question, how are you doing? So this is probably one of the most rewarding stories around health coaching beyond glucose. It's really trying to understand um, you know, helping people on their best health journey from A to B. How do we translate care to ensure that everyone's journey is, is, is looking a little bit different, will look different, but how do we ensure that they're on the best journey? I, you know, I think that's just a wonderful example of meeting the patient where they're at. Like you said at the beginning, you know, she was in a specific situation and that support was really appreciated. And I agree. I'd love to have someone phone me periodically and ask me uh, these supportive questions. That's wonderful. Um, Gail, having had this wonderful conversation with Diana and learned about the role of health coaching, um, what are some thoughts you might take back to clinic to be able to support people in this role? Well, I'm really excited to hear this kind of thing that the health coaching can do. And I heard you very clearly, uh, Diana, talking about the fact that we have to put this in the context of the patient's life, right? And when they're sitting in front of us in an office, it's a totally different thing. We're into this education mode. But as you're saying, no, it's not all about education. It's about support. And different people have different skill levels and need different support along the way. And I love that concept. It's not about solving their problems. It's working with them so they can unpack and start using their skills. And I totally hear when you talked about getting off topic, we're so scared in the office sometimes when we get too far away because we're not comfortable. But health coaching puts the information, the support right back to the person. And I think it gives a much more holistic approach. Now, I have a question for you, though, Diana. How do we access health coaching? <laughs> well, this is a great question, Gail. Um, and I wish I had a simple answer. Uh, what I would say is this is probably going to take a multi-prong approach. Number one, health coaches, uh, to my research, to my understanding, the best evidence is when health coaches are regulated healthcare professionals. So these are healthcare professionals that are going for additional training. Um, number two, I think there needs to be a very thoughtful discussion of um, who might be the best person to be the identified diabetes health coach within a diabetes education team, clinic, et cetera. So it's relationship-based. So you want to ensure that you have someone with um, good communication skills, uh, motivational skills, all those additional training tools and attributes. The third piece then is to really have a deliberate discussion of how might this be implemented in a busy clinic, right? So um, in my particular trial, we did it over the phone. Uh, there's other examples where people will use, you know, Zoom or other sort of technology platforms to communicate. Um, and then in addition to that, how do you operationalize that? So we know that, you know, funding agencies want to see, you know, number of referrals, how many minutes you spent with someone. So this is going to be a little bit of a seismic shift in terms of how things are actually implemented in a busy clinic. I'll tell you, in the trial, the way we implemented it was every patient, uh, their coach patient encounter was about 15, 20 minutes uh, with charting time. And you can imagine that might be three to four people per hour. How do you then implement that? Is that person protected for the day? Is that uh, a one day a week role? Is that a part-time role? Um, is it alternating? Is it a nurse? It is, a, is it a dietitian? So I really think there's more to come with that. Um, 
but that's certainly something that I'm looking to explore in my own research, and I know that many people are looking at that as well. How do you implement it? How do we evaluate it in real-world scenarios? And then how is that remunerated in current uh, funding structures? So multi-prong approach, I don't have an easy answer, but I think where there's a will, there's a way. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. You know, we've learned just quite a lot about the role of health coaching and the evidence behind it. And I want to thank Dr. Tara Fowley for joining us today and sharing her wealth of knowledge. And really, fortunately, if you want more information on this topic, Dr. Tara Fowley presented a full webinar on health coaching, and you can access this now on diabetes.ca under the healthcare providers tab. If you want more information, thank you so much, Diana, for joining us. Thank you again for having me. Good to talk to you. Please help us improve our future podcasts by filling out the survey in the show notes. Thanks for joining us today. If you have questions about the episode or about becoming a member of the Diabetes Canada professional section, please email professional.membership at diabetes.ca. Special thanks to Adam Humphreys for providing the music for today's podcast.